Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. We've done all the books. And now we're diving into the TV show. Join us every Tuesday for a new mission. And don't worry, we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. I am also very excited about this episode. <laughs> ah, good. Okay. I when I when when we started watching it, we separately, but also we together. Yeah. Started, <laughs> in my head you're with me always. Cute. Um I was like, this is the episode that I remember as season one. Like, every episode, this is the one that I remember <laughs> and think it's it. Every time I think this is the episode. Oh, And finally it was. It was so good. This, I thank God. Like, last episode was good, but this episode was like, oh, actually good. It, <laughs> it was legitimately like, this could actually go toe-to-toe with another TV show of some yeah. sort. absolutely agree like it was pretty well written and like i think the most brilliant thing about it was they just like let the actors like do their thing and each Mm -hmm. one of them just knocked it out of the park they did oh my god it was so especially sean he was so good sean deserves all of the awards holy shit he had to play like three different roles in one like jesus christ oh my god i Oh my god. I don't know if I should say this now or save it for later. I'm gonna say it now because I'm too excited to hold it in. Do it. Sean, when he and Boris were walking across the bridge and he was playing Sean, playing Paolo, playing Jake, it was, like, blew my fucking mind. Like, he, I actually thought that they had dubbed over Jake's lines with Paolo's voice. Yeah. They didn't. No, the... (laughs) Oh my god, it was so good. And like it like was... when you see shots of his face, he even does like the mouth thing that Paulo does when he's playing Yes. Like, yes. Oh my god, glorious. Oh, it was so good. Oh, it was amazing. Oh my god, I fucking loved it so much. Oh, it was so good. And we had every single character in it doing things and it was like so refreshing i was like oh my god it actually feels like an animorphs plot is happening it does because nobody was out of character everyone had a chance to kind of you know be in the episode and do exactly what that character would have done yes i'm I'm thinking specifically like the scene with tobias like that felt like so yes oh good to me I was thinking of that one and the scene with cassie because i feel like nadia sometimes gets like really backseated yeah and like oh Yes, those two scenes were what I was thinking of when I was saying that. It was just so good. It was so good. Like, I've enjoyed the episodes that were bad but funny. But but even then, like, sometimes, depending on what week it was, it would be like, okay, I have to, like, sit down and watch this for the third time and take notes. And, oh, my God, this this show is so bad. (laughs) But, like, this one, I was like, oh, my God, I'm just going to, like super enjoy myself every single time i sit down to take notes like oh my god Mm -hmm. (sighs) and like what blew my mind about watching this one too is i 
totally forgave like the bad Andalite costume and like morphing sequences that weren't super good because mm-hmm. it was like I was so invested in it that I was like, oh, this is great. Even though this isn't technically good, mm-hmm. I I love it. Like, I kind of love the campiness of it mixed with the actual being good. It just makes so much more of a difference when it's obvious that people showed up to work and actually gave a shit. Like, this feels yeah. like people invested effort into it. Not like, oh, shit, we got to slapdash something together. Right. Oh, my God. It makes such a huge huge difference like it really made me understand that i could appreciate a show that technically wasn't good because of budget constraints but if Mm -hmm. they actually put effort into it i would love this show yeah yep all you gotta do is care just a little just Just try and just there were there were lots of moments where um they like they obviously like kind of bypassed the like the like we didn't have to do a morphing sequence here but you could tell it was still yes. happening like there's so many little shortcuts that they took to kind of like save like time and money but so like smart. they they worked so, so well smart. and it's kind of the same they shit did. that we've been begging for for the past several episodes being like oh like this like overly complicated shot that you tried to do and it failed and you could have just done this like simple mm-hmm. thing instead so it felt like they were doing that in this episode too it did. And then they also brought in, I think this is like the most animals we've ever seen in one episode. Yeah. And like, yeah. they just, they worked them in beautifully. Like every, mm-hmm. every scene of an animal was like the singular shot that we needed yeah. and then cut away. And like, it, it just worked so well. It did. I loved <sighs> it. I love this episode so much. And, 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 okay. So, in the book, it's mostly, like, everything we see is mostly from Jake's perspective, and we know that Uh Axe is covering for Jake while he's out, but we never get to see it. We just get kind of like, oh yeah, like, you ate an entire pie by yourself or whatever. But the fact that we got to see it, and it, like, added to, like, the whole narrative... That's another thing I really, really loved and appreciated that they did. Yeah, and, like, that was such a, like, how simple is it to shoot, like, a dinner scene like that where everybody's yeah. just sitting down, like, eating things weird, and yet it was so delightful. Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved that so much. And especially the fact that we got, like, Boris's reaction shots versus the family's reaction mm-hmm. shots. Like, there, it was just so, it was shot so well. Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> oh man like i think and it's just a different kind of fun like Mm -hmm. we have so much fun tearing episodes apart and Mm -hmm. saying like oh this was so bad and all these these extras are so (laughs) silly and blah 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 but like this is like genuinely like genuine joy that we feel like oh finally we get to talk about an actually good episode (laughs) yeah and, like, I, my allegiance has switched so fast from, like, I love the kids and I hate the whole production crew. I hate the cameramen. Like, mm-hmm. I want to tear them down for, like, doing the kids so wrong. And this time I'm like, this whole team is amazing and I mm-hmm. love everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you said this last week, but I'm really glad that we ended this season on these two mm-hmm. episodes because if we had to end on the nothing Rachel losing her memory episode I would have been so fucking sad <laughs> like yeah oh. yeah like at, at this point like right now I'm super excited to start season two 
Mm-hmm. If we had ended on that Rachel one, I would have been like, Are we, what if we just called the podcast now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is what we have to look forward to. I don't want to. Let's so. just quit right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the fact that this was a two-parter and it was such a significant thing to happen to Jake, it mm-hmm. felt like a season finale. It did. It really did. And like, I know that I guess technically we watch them out of order because we do see that like cut from this episode in a previous one. Yeah. But like for all the shit Amazon has has done wrong. Did I say that word right? Amazon. Amazon. Diagonally. Amazon. For all the things Amazon has done wrong. I was <laughs> channeling Jeremy Clarkson. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> for all the shit they've done wrong, putting the episodes in this order, I think, was the correct call. Yeah. Good job, whoever did that. <laughs> Amazon. It was so good. And like... Who did this? It was Neil Schusterman, man. I'm gonna. What other episodes has he done? For those of us that don't know anything, which is me. Oh, uh, I have to look it up again. Mm-hmm. Neil Schusterman, Animorphs. Googling stuff and with he... Casey and Alex. It's our new segment. I hope it's delightful. Okay, he did episode one, episode two, okay. episode three. Co-wrote. Actually, he co-wrote all of those, and then he co-wrote episode six. He did episode. Or he did the capture part one all by himself, and then he co-wrote this episode with someone else. And I think that's all okay. he's done, and I don't think he comes back for season two. Oh, no, he doesn't. Damn it. Well, that's a bummer, unless it was his co-writer that really brought this one home for us. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I will read a Neil Schusterman book now. Okay. That's... I like that idea. I mean, I, I won't. I barely have time as it is, but I... <laughs> Would love to hear about his book. I will read it and let you know if it's good. Okay. Um, so Scott and I were watching Taskmaster the other day. Okay. Recommend that show to everybody. It's on YouTube. Highly recommend it. And the task, the prize task was to bring in the most 90s thing. <gasps> and Scott said, I know exactly what you'd bring in. Most of the task people failed spectacularly, but Scott said, I know what you'd bring in. And I was like, oh, He's like, your entire collection of Animorphs. And I had this debate with myself, like, I would for sure win the prize task, but mm-hmm. I am at risk of losing my collections of Animorphs books to a comedian. And I, it took me a long time to make that collection, but like, it, it would be the most 90s thing I have that means a lot to me. Sure. And I, I feel like it would win. Yeah, have to win. It was like based on what they brought in, they all failed. Oh no! So, hmm. Um, I'll have to find that one and watch it. You will. It's in season six, six or seven. I'll okay. find out. Cool. I have. But yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I have a. I have the one of those eagles that you can balance on your finger. <gasps> I loved those things. Hell yeah! It's green. I've had it since I was, like, three years old. It's, like, insane. That's amazing. It followed me throughout my entire adult life. (laughs) For some reason. I love that (laughs) every time you pack up to move. Yeah. Like, Like, I I don't know how it got there. Like, did I bring it to college? I don't think so. But somehow. You did. I remember it being on the corner of your shelf in college. Holy shit. 
Oh my god. I like I never think about it. I'm never like, oh yes, my beloved childhood toy, my balancing eagle. I think it's just one of those things where I like found it in my shit and I was like, oh yeah, my eagle. Like, I'm taking you. I'm taking you with me. Like I don't think about it, but it's just it's just my little buddy. I'm gonna go get it right now. It's like probably the thing you've owned for the longest. Okay, well, if you've had them since you were three, you've definitely owned it the longest. And you can't just say currently have owned it the longest because the other thing that you would currently have owned for the longest would be something you got before you were three, but you lost before this year. Yeah, well, I'm thinking like like my baby blanket. Like I had this like mint green baby blanket, but like I don't have that with me. That's that's at my mom's house. So you'd think I would have left like my yeah. eagle at my mom's house. But then again, this eagle, no. this eagle's cool and not lame like a baby blanket. So it's like I don't want This eagle is yours. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't like, want to bring I... my baby blanket to college and have everybody think I'm a baby. <laughs> it's not embarrassing. That's the main concern. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say like the baby blanket is more like your mom's memory. Like my mom tried to uh, give me the other day uh from my closet she's like don't you want your christening dress and i was like what one i yeah she's like what? here have your christening dress i'm Who like wants that? one i don't remember this two i don't want it three i don't believe in god <laughs> <laughs> but like I could see I could see if you were religious, if you were planning on having a child, and if you were planning on yeah. christening them. Like I could see like, yeah. okay, yeah, maybe I'll take that so I don't have to get a new one. But the fact that right. you don't believe in God, you're not gonna have a baby, and then you just have this tiny baby dress, like, in your house. Like, no. <laughs> and like why do why do I want it? Like why would <laughs> Why would you want to give it to me? Like, why would I? You're right. If the cops came to my house and found a tiny baby dress and me with no baby or <laughs> anything, they'd be like, you're under arrest. You're a fucking creep. You're a fucking creep. You have a creepy dress. You're under arrest. <laughs> right to jail. Go straight to jail. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't want to get arrested. So I said no. <laughs> but you know what if the cops come to your house they see your eagle they'd be like that's fucking sick yo (laughs) oh oh my god i'd even let them play with it be like here they probably would they'd be like let me balance it on my gun this is so cool (laughs) oh my god Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, what a wholesome cop. <laughs> oh, God. That just reminds me of... probably talk about this. <laughs> it reminds you of what? It just reminds me of that cop in Little Miss Sunshine when he pulls the car over and, the, and they have, like, the dead body in the back. But he, all, he, all the cop finds is, like, the pornographic magazines. And he's like, yeah, I love this shit. And then he lets them go. <laughs> it's oh, like that, God. but with a, an eagle instead of a, a booby yeah. magazine. Oh, my <laughs> God. I have tears in my eyes. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Anyway, that's amazing. <laughs> anyway. 
Let's take the roundabout and head back towards Anwar's Okay. Land. Okay. <laughs> All right. Would you like me to recap this episode? I would love that. I'm so excited to talk about this episode. Yay! All right. Let me get comfy. Ugh. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> episode 13, season one finale in our minds. This is the capture part two. Um, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And because this is a two-parter, we get a little bit of a highlights reel from the last episode. And mm-hmm. Jake, Jake got, Jake got yerked. Okay. Yeah. So the first thing we see is the kids walking across a wooden bridge in the woods. And they're happily discussing the fact that they just murdered a thousand yerks. Um, Wahoo! Yay! They're all fucking dead! Yay! Murder! This is good practice for, you know, the end of the series. <laughs> oh my god, so... Oh, I can't... I, so many things. I was like, the end of the series, oh my god. But of course we never get there. Right, Anyways, yeah, sorry. yeah. They're not that cool. Um, that cool. Rachel says there's a thousand more yerks where that came from. Cassie and Marco tell her to lighten up, and they make Star Wars references. Uh, Cassie says she can't wait yeah, to tell Ax and Tobias what happened, and Jake says, neither can I. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Speaking of Ax and Tobias, we cut to Tobias eating some meat. Ax is looking at him, and he asks, do dead mice <laughs> taste better than they look? And Tobias responds, oh yeah, they're even better alive. And then Ax reaches towards yeah. Tobias, and Tobias says, no way, Ax. And yep. he's very protective of his rat meat. Well, I was really confused because they have a wide shot where Axe is reaching towards him. And I didn't see a mouse. So I thought Axe was trying to pet Tobias at first. I didn't see a mouse either. But I like I got from the dialogue. I, yeah. Immediately I was like, oh, they should have put meat. But then I was like, well, I get it. Yeah. And like, I get why they wouldn't want Paulo, the actor, to reach towards a hawk that was on prey. Yeah. <laughs> as if he were going to snatch it. Like, I get it. Yeah. It's a safety thing. Yeah. He would have done it, though. He would have been like, eh, fuck it. He would have, because Paulo's dedicated as fuck to it. Maybe that's why they were like, listen, this kid's way too good. We cannot put him in this kind of danger. <laughs> this kid has no sense of self-preservation when it comes to acting. He'll do anything. He'll do his own stunts. He'll do stunts we didn't ask him to do. He'll do whatever. That reminds me of when Trump was doing the photo shoot with the eagle, and he reached towards the eagle's talon, and the eagle freaked out. Ugh. And attacked him. And yeah. I was like, this is a metaphor. <laughs> For how much eagles hate you. <laughs> Which is not what a metaphor is. It's a literal thing that happened. Right. Sorry. But still. I ruined it. But still. <sighs> All right. So Axe and Tobias are hanging out. Being bros, being shorms forever. Yep. Eating mice together. together. Shorms forever. <laughs> together forever. Oh, God. I got to make that shirt. I'm ready. Yes. Um, the rest of the party comes in, and Marco's like, oh man, you guys missed a great fucking time. And I got mad, because they didn't even invite them. So don't nope. don't shame them for missing the party when they weren't even invited to the party, Marco. Like, what were those two even doing back at the barn together, other than just, like, eating mice? I don't know. Bonding? Talk about Andalites? I don't know. I guess. Like, talking about TV shows, maybe? Talking about their tragic backstories? Talking about <laughs> food. Yeah. Talking about flying. Talking about animals. Talk about anything. Doing math. Doing math and science. Yeah. And Latin. <gasps> and arithmetic. <laughs> French, Spanish, <laughs> Latin. 
Okay, so, Axe and Tobias, talking about everything we just talked about, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, everybody comes in! Uh, oh, Rachel picks Tobias up, which is super fucking adorable. Uh-huh. Oh! She just, so like, cute. she just, like, makes a beeline for him, and she just, like, holds out her arm, and he hops up, and it's so cute! Uh. Mm-hmm. Axe is like, so did you guys succeed? And Rachel and Cassie start telling him. And, and oh, but then he looks at Jake. And then he gets a suspicious look on his face. And Jake is trying to act normal. But Axe clearly knows what's up. Um, Marco mm-hmm. takes over as the dad in this episode and starts chastising Tobias about cleaning up his mice after he eats them. <laughs> and while this is happening, Axe notices that Jake is scratching his ear and he lets out a battle cry and attacks. Dun, dun, yep. dun. That's absolutely accurate. And I loved Paolo's tackle. He was very fierce. He was very aggressive. He's such a beanpole, but he Sean went was for a little it. scared. Yeah, I hope he, so. He went for it. He did. Yeah, Sean's such a big dude compared to him too, but he's he straight up went right for the midsection. <laughs> Straight up football tackle. He did like he just launched, screaming. I think Sean was a little scared. Good, he should be. He's in trouble. He was. <laughs> He's in big trouble. Uh, we get You're theme big song. trouble, Mister. Yeah. No turn it back. No back it down. No way to run. No solid Theme song. It's okay. So Axe and Jake are scrabbling on the ground. Axe is scratching at Jake's ear, which I really appreciated. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, as if you're going to like get it out of his head, like just stick your little fingers in there and pull it out, buddy. That's not how that works, but I appreciate the effort. Um, (laughs) Everyone's like, what are you doing? Stop. And they're trying to separate them. And Tobias is flapping around and, and it's fucking chaos. Um, finally they pull Axe off of Jake and sit him down to think about what he's done. Mm-hmm. Axe is doing- He does not look remorseful at all. No, he was like, God damn it, I almost had him. That fucker. <laughs> and he starts an internal monologue about he's an Andalite who just attacked his closest human friend and Yerks are full of scum and villainy and they must be cautious and all that kind of shit. Um, Rachel's like, what the fuck, Axe? And Axe is like, can't you see what he is? And everybody ignores him. And they're like, oh my god, Jake, are you okay? And Axe is like, these dipshits have no idea. Um, mm-hmm. Jake gets up and he's like, chill out, dude. Some of us have had a really rough day. And then Axe kind of gets up and edges around the corner of the group. And he makes this weird spinning noise. And he's like, you're all fucking idiots. He's a controller. <laughs> He doesn't say that, but... but. Word for word, that's what he says. You're all fucking idiots. You're fucking idiots. This is Nick at night, and you're all fucking morons. <laughs> you fools. You fools. You idiots. But yeah, he magically knows that Jake is a controller. Um, mm-hmm. And he probably should have led with that. Like, Jake walked in, and he probably should have been like, Oh, hey, get a yerk in your head lately? Like... Instead, he had to do the whole, like, pomp and circumstance, like, make a big dramatic scene and lead everyone on for, like, five minutes before he's like, hey, this is happening. Um, Jake's like, that's ridiculous. Fake news. Do I look like a controller? Uh, 
And Cassie's like, nobody looks like a controller, Jake. And she's instantaneously suspicious. Straight. Rachel's uh, like, you did fall straight. into that yerk tub. Um, mm-hmm. Tobias is like, well, how can we be sure? And Jake says, if I'm a controller, why am I even here? I would have gone straight to Visor 3 with everything I know. And Rachel's like, no, you wouldn't. You would have followed us to hand us over to him. And Marco says, yeah, you'd get a promotion. Right. Um, everybody's staring at him. Right. And Jake's like, stop looking at me, you guys. Stop. Just don't look at me, you guys. <laughs> he says something super weird. Like, you guys are scaring me. Yeah. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. And like, yeah, not at all what Jake would have said. <laughs> I'm scared. You're looking at me. I've just had like a really rough day. It's just been really hard on me lately. I fell into a jacuzzi and it's just been a really hard day. I was a cockroach and I fell into a yerk pool and it was really traumatic and I'm just really upset right now and then Axe tackled me and I'm just, I just want to go home. I'm just covered in straw. It's all in the back of my shirt. I just, it's this new shirt. <laughs> I was going to go to Tetris Station and pick up some power converters. Anyway. It's <laughs> uh. <laughs> my favorite thing. Uh. Um. Oh, so then Rachel comes up with this brilliant idea. She's like, shake Axe's hand. If he's really a yerk, he would never shake an oh Andalite's hand. Dumbest fucking plan ever. I'm sorry. Rachel, what the <laughs> fuck was that? Oh. <sighs> And it, like, amounts to nothing. Demorph it first. It, um, it, it, so unnecessary. Yeah. And if you're like, well, we wanted to get in there that he was an Andalite. First of all, this is part two of the season finale, which I will now believe with reckless abandon that this is the season finale. Right. You can't fool me, anyone who's not Amazon. Right. Also, they don't even get the prosthetics right on Axe. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, you have, like, the regular five-finger glove, and then just, like, another thumb starts growing out of out of the other side and it doesn't look anything like yeah. any of the andalite hands we've already seen no it looks very clearly like a shitty prosthetic yeah and i'm pretty sure you're supposed to grow out two extra fingers e- yes right right uh do they have six fingers seven fingers i don't know all i can remember is they have multi multiple fingers yeah, just cut this part of the episode out because we should really know by this point. Yeah. I'm like 90% sure it's seven fingers, but honestly, we should know. We've read all the books at this point. We, we are standing on a pedestal <laughs> saying we are experts in this thing. And then we're and like, this is really, this is basic shit. Oh no. <laughs> there were Animorphs trivia. So just cut we this, get tripped up cut on this, this question. I would say seven adamantly. And the more I drank, the more adamant I would be. Yeah. I get very confident when I'm drunk, and I should not be, but I do get very confident when I'm drunk. Imagine Dragons. (laughs) My favorite band, Imagine Dragons. Uh, But Uh, yeah, this plan was not great. And like, if it had been like, oh yeah, morph morph your Andalite hand, and then if Jake would have done it, but then like, they were watching and his face would have twitched or something, then maybe Mm -hmm. they were like, oh yeah, we should be sure, and, and tie him up. But it just, but like, Axe morphs the hand after saying he'd rather kiss a hork and Jake just shakes great. it. Like, Jake puts up a little bit of a fight. He's kind of like, I don't have to put up with this shit, but like, Marco makes him stay. But then he just shakes his hand and it's no big deal. So I don't see what all that yeah. pomp and circumstance was about. 
this this was the only scene that was completely useless. Yeah, I agree. Entire thing. Yeah, for sure. I kind of forgot about it, except uh, when Axe said, "I'd rather kiss a horcruxer." Scott did say, "Whoo, got him." <laughs> <laughs> In the context of the books, it would have been like, oh, well, that's kind of mean. But considering how shitty the TV hork are, that's not a bad dunk. Yeah, those hork are gross. <laughs> They're garbage and they shouldn't <laughs> exist in the show. That single hork that they just keep <laughs> duplicating is a fucking joke. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I've seen them like three times. Uh, God, If you kiss one hork you've kissed them all. Literally. Uh, so... Shakes his hand. Everyone's apparently satisfied with this because Rachel's like, oh my God, I'm sorry, Jake. And she hugs him. Marco pats him on the back. This, oh, yeah. What? So fucking weird. I'm sorry. What, that, that Rachel so hugged him? That, like, they were just like, oh, he shook his hand. Uh, we're all friends now. Yeah. Sorry, we doubted you. Yeah. The fuck, guys? I don't know. I don't think Rachel would have I'm hugged sorry. him either. Rachel's not a huggy. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't think so either. It's fine. And then the only person who's still suspicious is Cassie, who steps forward and is like, you know, Jake would not be trying to convince us that he's not this thing. He would have let uh-huh. us watch him for the next three days to starve out the yerk. And I was like, uh-huh. that's right, kids. Animorph says quarantine if you may be sick. <laughs> Cassie gets it. She's like, listen, I work with animals a lot. I know a lot about quarantine. You guys are all doing it wrong. I know about the sickness. No one told you life was gonna be this way. <laughs> anyway. Uh. So Cassie's like, yeah, we gotta tie him up. And they do. They tie him up. In a chair in the barn stall. And he's like, Mm -hmm. he's very cheerfully like, okay, joke's over. I'm starting to get mad. But he's still smiling like fool. Oh my God. That was, okay. I know this was probably just a misdelivery, but that line creeped me out more than anything (laughs) else Jake did. Yeah. Because he was just like, okay, guys, I'm I'm starting to get mad now. (laughs) And it was like, holy shit, dude. Well. (laughs) <laughs> but then he goes on. He's like trying to plead with them, kind of. He's like, Rachel, I'm your cousin. You've known me forever. And then he's like, Cassie, Cassie, look at me. And he's still like, got oh, the, that like, was the worst too. Yeah, he's like fluttering his eyelashes, like Cassie, like you know I'm fine. Like come on, let me go, Cassie. And it's like, just stop, man. <laughs> oh. oh, that's so. Yeah, you're right. That whole scene was creepy. Not just the part I said. I did, all of it was creepy. I did like it though. Oh, I loved it. Like, I, it was so good. It was just, like, he was being... Oh, this was, like, where I started to really, like, be, like, Sean is just acting at the next level. Yeah, right now. Like, yeah. he's always great. But, like, this was, like, next fucking level amazing. And this was the start of it, where he was just so creepy and so weird. But, like, not doing anything that wasn't within his normal range of emotion either. It was totally like the context of it or like how he was saying it that was like off. It was so good. Yeah, and like I'm thinking (sighs) if I got that script and I was just reading the words and there was no like, like you have to say it in this way. If I was just reading the words, Uh you could have taken that a bunch of different directions. You could have been like, okay guys, joke's over. I'm starting to get mad and actually like play it as mad. 
or you could play right. like him talking to Rachel and Cassie as like pleading. But the fact that he went like sickeningly sweet to try and like do that kind of angle is just so oh. good. Oh my god! Yeah, because it would have been so easy to be like Cassie, look at me, like, look at me, intense, look at me. <laughs> what if that's what he did? Rachel, you're my cousin, and you drove me here. <laughs> yes i have a sickness and it's called caring too much i want to go horseback riding all right deal the time into this chair for an hour a full hour God, I I like the the track he took for these couple of Me lines. Too. It was very creepy. It was super creepy. And then like, and then when it stops, when it's obviously not working and nobody's looking at him, he like then that he goes into the like, come on guys, I'm I'm Jake, I'm the real Jake, yeah. and he gets mad and frustrated. Yeah. So the fact that the Yurk is just trying all these different things is so interesting. Uh, it is. And the fact that, that Sean just pulls all of it off so well was mm-hmm. just incredible. Mm-hmm. He's really He really gets to show his acting chops in this episode. He does. Um, so he's throwing a hissy fit, and Cassie and Rachel start talking. Mm-hmm. Cassie's like, I hope I'm right about this. Rachel's like, don't worry. You're right. The real Jake wouldn't be fighting us like this. We'll know for sure in three days. Um, and then Jake tries this tact where he's like, do you really think Axe will be able to pass for me? Tom's going to know immediately. And Rachel's like, YOLO. <laughs> I, okay, this was like my favorite Rachel moment in the whole episode because it was just so Rachel to be like, we can't take any risks with Jake. We have to be 100% on top and we can't yeah. like, say that he's going to go back to the Yurks, blah, blah, blah. And then when Jake's like, well, Axe is a risk because, you know, Tom's going to know and he's a controller. And she's like, well, life's full of risks, motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> she just totally like, everything she said, she just spins it and is like, Fuck it, bro. <laughs> I love that so. I think I literally laughed when she said that because I was just like, "That's that's yes. fucking Rachel right there." It's all about my agenda. Exactly. I'll I'll argue whatever side I want. <laughs> I don't have to stick to the same arguments. Fuck you. Yep. Uh, that was great. <laughs> oh, it was so good. <laughs> okay, are you fucking ready for the next scene? I'm so ready. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. This is like oh, such a gem. Okay, so we cut to Jake and Marco walking across the bridge. But we can immediately tell this is not Jake. This is Axe pretending to be Jake. And this is where I was like, oh my god, give Sean an award, please. Sean deserves I don't know what the highest honors for acting is, but he deserves it. Oh my god. His voice, his voice is like really what just, so he kind of adopts it like, these potato chips are in my top 10 favorite foods. And he kind of just, oh my God, I can't do it justice, but it's just so perfect. And like, you know, immediately what's going on. You know, like, even if, even if Jake hadn't mentioned that Axe was passing for him in the previous scene, like you would know what was going on because that's how good he is. 
He's Ugh. even the silhouette of that because the shot is like for at least for Boris is very weird because it's like shot looking up onto the bridge, but Boris is like at the height where his entire like lower half of his face is obscured by the railing of the bridge. Yeah. And then you just see like Sean above him. And like even the way Sean's carrying himself, it's uh-huh. like not that not that like Jake Sean is slouchy, but like he is ramrod straight. Like very yeah. like awkward in his body, just like how Paulo does it with Axe. It's yeah. so good. I want <sighs> to know I want to know if, like, Sean and Paolo just kind of, like, had an afternoon where Paolo was just kind of, like, showing yes. him, like, how he does how he does acts. And, like, they I... were just, like, walking around and, like, in acts form and Jake's just, like, imitating, or, like, Sean's imitating him. Like, I want to know how that went down. Me too. I'm dying to know that because it just seems like they spent time, like, just literally, like, mirroring each other. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. He does such a good job. Oh, my God. (laughs) (sighs) Just love it. I legit thought that they had dubbed over Jake's lines with Paulo's voice for, like, the first half of the bridge walk. I was like. Yeah, for sure. I seriously thought they did. But no, it was all Jake. All Sean. Yep. It was it was so great. It was perfect. I just adored it so, so much. Me too. So good. And okay, and the dialogue in this little scene is also great. So, Axe is eating potato chips, and he's like, "These are my top ten favorite foods. Are there going to be more of these at Jake's house?" And Marco makes some joke like, "Just we, just what we need: an andalite with clogged arteries." Axe, you've got to get your mind off of food. Human dudes also think about sports and girls. And Axe is like, so food, sports, and girls. And world peace? And Marco says, only on Sundays. <laughs> what? So good? Hilarious? It's so good. Oh my so god. Good. The banter. It was just so good. Oh man. Just perfect. And it was like a real kind of, uh, not, not a huge twist but like it was it was kind of a shift from how marco normally talks to axe because like normally he's always like really exasperated and it was almost like the same sorts of conversations they would have but marco's no longer exasperated with him yeah oh i just so good i love any scene with with marco and axe i just mm-hmm. i just love it oh me too so much. After that delightful scene, uh, we go back mm-hmm. to Jake, Cassie, and Rachel. Cassie stares deeply and soulfully into Jake's eyes. And mm-hmm. she says, if eyes are the window to the soul, how come all I can see is Jake? And Rachel's like, he's still in there. He can totally hear you. And then she just leaves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I've had enough of this sappy bullshit. I'm fucking out. <laughs> yep. Just fucking leaves. Um... We, the audience, also stare deeply and soulfully into Jake's eyes, and we oh, cut God. into his mind, where the real Jake <laughs> is also tied to a chair, but he's flirting, flirting, floating in a purple fog, and warping nonsensically. Um, so this, this is, is like, like real Jake. This is real Jake, and this is exactly what I'm talking about. With I totally forgave the shitty like things that they made with like morph sequences, like 
the effects in this scene are so bad and so cliched and yeah. i didn't even care because it was like sean was doing so good as jake and like inner jake and outer jake it was just so good yeah, yeah oh. well and especially later like there's some choices that they made that i thought were really successful <laughs> um yeah but yeah it's like that same kind of tacky sort of like filter with the warping effect and it's it doesn't look very good but like the the writing was really strong and like the emo- yeah. the emoting was very good and i just yeah i didn't care so, if it looked like shit like it yeah it carried the emotion that it needed to it did and we did get the sense that this is jake inside of of controller jake's mind cuz of like the way it was edited so for sure yeah for sure yeah so little jake i'm gonna call him little jake <laughs> little Jake. Uh, he's like, you hear, Jake. you hear that, you yerk asshole? They know the truth. They know it's not me, and you're gonna lose. And the the yerk's basically like, cool, bro. We'll see about that. I'm gonna mess around in your brain head for a bit. And <laughs> was it just me, or did this yerk have kind of a sexy voice? Ah, <laughs> uh, I I I didn't pick up on it, but that's mostly because I was just. In my mind, what happened was the Yerk started talking, and I was like, "Wow, this is like an old dude Yerk." Like, I don't know why. Oh I no! It to <laughs> don't be like, say that. Not like, not like old, like forties. Like for whatever reason, okay. I was expecting the Yerk voice to be like a kind of warped reflection in like Jake's tone for some reason. Like I expected it to be oh, kind of sure. Jake like, but different. Yeah. Um, and so I just remember being like, it was kind of like a weird, like, oh, this dude sounds like much older and then i was like well i guess that makes sense because the yerk wouldn't why it wouldn't be like a teenage yerk like i i get it and so then i was in this whole thing in my own mind i i was having my own discussion with myself (laughs) i'm just a teenage yerk bag baby (laughs) sorry I, i yeah it was definitely a little jarring to hear that kind of voice respond like I was not expecting that. Yeah, I could I could see why you were like, "Hey, he sounds hot though." Cause he's like, "Yeah, oh, Jake, we'll see what happens, won't we?" Yeah, it was kind of like deep and and growly and not growly, but like yeah. I don't know. It was well, kind no, of like, like it, silky. It had an edge. Yeah, kind of a silky. Like it was it was some guy trying to sound evil. And normally I, I don't really care about that, but <laughs> I don't know something about this voice. I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> is it is it me you're looking for? <laughs> you can take over my brain any day. No. <laughs> Use my body for your nefarious nefarious purposes whenever you want. Uh, yes, yeah, so sexy yerk. Never thought I'd say that. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. This is where we've ended up. Uh so yeah, the real Jake hears and sees Cassie telling him to hold on for one more day. And the Yerk is like, oh, hey, you guys are humans. You got the morphing power. That's fucked up. Wait till Visitor 3 finds <laughs> out. Um, Cassie's like, hang on, Jake. I'll never leave you. I'll never let go, Jake. I'll never let go. <laughs> and he's like, thanks, Cassie. And then tiny head Jake zooms into his own eyeball. That's it was like the classic Batman transition scene. Like I expected to hear like the da 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 da
Yeah, like the first time I was watching it, like Jake gets smaller and smaller and he zooms in to, to control Jake's eyeball. I, I literally went, wee! <laughs> At this point, we were just having a good time. We're like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. I'm into this. This is fine. I'm into whatever right now. <laughs> as long as I get to see more of Jake acting like Axe. Yes, which we do. Which we do almost immediately after this. Oh, man. Okay, before we get into this scene, I have notes. Oh, okay. So my first note is, did they reuse part of Marco's house set? Because I feel like the setup was very similar. It felt very similar to, like, the 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 kitchen living room area. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of had, like, the couch against the back wall with the window. Uh-huh. And... Except the kitchen was on the stage right. Yeah, but whatever. Right. Instead of, instead of like, around the... Yeah, but, like, I it, easily. Yeah, they could have. Yeah. I wonder if they just, like, took down all the decor and put things back up. I don't know. But it felt very similar. I would not begrudge house. them that. Like, that no, seems yeah. like a smart use of saving money. <laughs> the only thing I will begrudge, though, is that... You have Jake, quote-unquote Jake, sitting sideways on the couch watching the TV, which is on, like, the kitchen bar. And that's a really dumb place for a TV. With a bookshelf in the way. Yeah. Yeah, it was... That setup was stupid. Yeah, I kind of wish the TV would have been, I don't know, like, in front of the couch so that we can still see him, like, watching TV from like back but i don't know it's hard to describe but yeah that was not the most successful place for a tv um maybe it was like one of those swivel tvs where you could like swivel it back into the kitchen so that you could watch tv while you're cooking i don't know oh oh the peak of 90s fucking luxury (laughs) oh i kind of forgot those existed I will be honest with you, I may have just made that up, but it seems like no, a good you idea. Di- I, you didn't, and I'll tell you why you didn't. Because I had a, they weren't my real family, but it was like close enough friends that they called them aunt and uncle. And they had a lot of money, which I was very jealous of. But anyways, they had <laughs> one of those swivel TVs in their kitchen. And it literally was just like a tiny like microwave, but yeah. shorter kind of size box and it literally like could rotate like not all the way around, but like three quarters of the way around. And okay. they too had that like in a kitchen setup. Uh huh. But I don't ever remember it like moving, other than when like us kids would be like, "Wee, <laughs> let's <laughs> fuck up the TV." <laughs> but yeah, they We're totally children. had that. And I mean, honestly, what it could be was like a TV on like a broken Lazy Susan, and it might not yeah. actually be the peak of luxury. But in my mind. Because of that, I associate it with luxurious things that rich people have. Well, and I know watching TV in the kitchen in the 90s was definitely a thing. Like, I... Well, yeah, because you have to cook along with Julia Child. Right. And I remember, like, we never had a TV in our kitchen, but I remember going over to people's houses and seeing they had a TV in the kitchen and being like, whoa, you guys are next level. Right, I'd exactly. love to watch TV. You're rich, right? Yeah. And you could be living in a shack, but if you have a TV in the kitchen, in my mind, you're rich. Yeah, for sure. It's all it takes. I have very weird standards. 
yeah yep no i totally know what you're talking about and i think it's real i hope it wasn't something that like you made up and then i knew somebody that had made like a jury rigged version of this (laughs) (laughs) well i don't think they would though i just that's the only reason i can justify having the tv there and having it makes total sense right like if he had just swiveled it around it would have been in a normal position facing the kitchen right but, like, because he swiveled it to the couch. And if they were at the dinner table, they also could have swiveled the TV into a position to watch, like, TV yeah. from the dinner table. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Maybe this is a great place yep. for a TV. I don't know. <laughs> this, is, this is the best. Honestly, two out of three TV positions are working out <laughs> super well. It's just the one that's weird. And that's the one that they chose to show us. Right. Because they had to have Tom come in and bend down in front of the bookshelf, which was in between jake and the tv also really barren bookshelf oh i didn't notice it's like there's books on the shelves but like there's big gaps between a bunch of them oh they need more books they do buy some more books you guys can have some of mine (laughs) there's so many there's there's just so many books (laughs) yes anyways sorry yeah so there's that um, this is where we see Sean doing the mouth thing that I fucking adored. Um, oh, and he's, he's watching so... TV on the couch and Jake's <laughs> mom is making... watching Casey. What's I... he watching? Okay. Uh, first Marco drops some Spanish and Tom comes in to get the book off the shelf and <laughs> Axe Jake is like, look what I found on the television, Tom. Girls lifting weights. Would you like to watch? <laughs> and Tommy looks at him and he's like no you fucking weirdo <laughs> I love Tom in that scene like I've never said this before I've never liked Tom or his actor in my life but like the way he delivered that with the facial expression like no like, <laughs> like not particularly I don't I, want that why though? would you even ask me that that's fucking weird (laughs) they i think they discovered that tom's actor can make really good disgusted faces because i feel like that's all (laughs) they make him do for this entire two-parter episode and it's super successful i love it it is like they saw him trying to be smooth and try to like talk to cassie in the library and they were like no this is not a good thing that we've done so let's just make him pull faces from now on and then they're like, this is great. I love the faces he's pulling. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, then, like, Tom looks at him weird, and then he just leaves. And Axe just kind of, like, turns back to the TV <laughs> with no reaction. <laughs> he's like, okay, that seemed like a normal response. <laughs> I mean, he was probably like, this ticks two out of the three categories. This is sports and girls. Yep. So yep. this should be safe. Yeah, and then Marco comes over and is like, what are you doing? And he says just that. You said girls in sports. I thought I'd kill two birds with one bone. And Marco's <laughs> like, it's stone, and it doesn't work like that. I don't want you to say anything else at dinner except for pass the butter. And then XJ kind of nods and turns back to the TV. Boris made this amazing acting choice where Sean tried to like look around him and Boris just kind of followed him with his head to maintain eye contact. And I started screaming. 
it's it's like when your mom tells you to do something you're like yeah okay and then she like doesn't let you go until you say do you understand yeah yep oh my god boris is so good <laughs> I love him so much. So I just need to message him and be like, listen, man, I know this is out of the blue, but I just love you so much. <laughs> I love you so much. I hope you're doing well. I don't think he'd be opposed to that kind of message. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So everyone's at the dinner table. There's... Another really good, it harkens back to the Axe episode. There's this amazing circular shot of everybody staring at Axe Jake. And he's, like, double fisting food into his mouth. Um, and his mom's <laughs> like, oh, you must be going through a growth spurt. <laughs> <laughs> She's very practical. She's um, like, I, I don't know. I just don't even like, know what's I can't anymore. explain this. Growth spurt? It's such a 90s response, I also, too. It is such a 90s response. And, like, not to, like, jump back a few seconds, but I did really love, the, like, there was just this, like, little moment that spoke to, like, a larger picture storyline in the background where um, when Marco said, like, uh, gracias, amigo, or whatever, and then she was like, Marco, you're welcome anytime. And it was just, like, this really sweet motherly moment that like i like to read into as like backstory between like her inviting marco over because like she knows that he lost his mom and like blah blah blah. Yeah. there was a whole thing there it just was a lot of inferring from absolutely nothing but i liked it yeah that was that's a good point that was really sweet yeah i was just kind of like oh marco's speaking spanish again <laughs> check check that box yep <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't think he would have called her Amiga. He probably said Senora or something like that. I feel like Amiga would be too casual. But what do I know? <laughs> nothing. The answer is nothing. Friend mom. Friend mom. Mom of my friend, who is also my friend. I don't Mamiga, know. Mamiga, if you will. <sighs> Mamiga. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> That's right. I know enough Spanish to make a shitty pun in another language. <laughs> Fuck all y'all. <laughs> Yikes. I don't know why it got so aggressive, but here we are. Oh, no. Help. Let's talk about this wonderful scene. It's so delightful. Okay, so Axe is shoving food in his mouth, as he's wont to do. Um, and he says, this stuff is on my top ten food list. And everybody just kind of lets that go. And Jake's dad is like, so Jake, do you want to hang out with me tonight? There's a fight on the tube. And ex Jake takes a moment to process this. He's like, a fight on the tube. And Marco makes this, Uh like, face at him. And (laughs) ex Jake says, pass the butter. And Jake's parents (laughs) are kind of looking at each other like, okay. And Jake's dad hands the butter over. And X Jake looks a little hesitant, but he takes it and puts it next to him and resumes eating. Like, the acting here was just so good and stilted and delightful. It was amazing. I also like how Tom and Marco kind of looked at each other like, what the fuck? <laughs> I like this brief bonding moment between Marco and the controller. <laughs> like, what is happening anymore? <laughs> oh, yikes. Oh, fuck. And then this is where the scene kind of goes off the rails for me a little bit because it's just very weird. Um, 
So Jake's mom lifts the lid off of a casserole dish that's full of artichoke hearts. And Axe Jake dives right in. And then there's this whole, like, do you like artichokes, Marco? Oh, yeah, I like them. They're Jake's favorite. The leaves are the best part. And I'm just like, why does any of this matter? Um, I, let me, let me tell you why this mattered to me. I had no fucking idea how to eat an artichoke until this show. This show taught me how to eat an artichoke because I took one look at that and I'm like, how do you navigate that fucking vegetable? That's like just not in my wheelhouse. But like, here's the thing. Like, Axe Jake was eating them the way you're supposed to, right? Where you right. like scrape the, the flesh of the leaves off with your teeth. But yes. like, I was expecting him to not know and for him to just like start like gnawing exactly. on it like a pine cone. Exactly. I for sure thought he was just going to try to shove stuff in his mouth. Like, I was amazed that he was eating it correctly. Yeah. And then when they started, like, walking us through how to eat an artichoke, I'm like, this is like a PSA about how to eat artichokes. Yeah. Yeah, and, I don't know. Like, they're wrong. The leaves are not the best part. The The actual heart is the best part. Well, yes. Garlicky. Yeah, I, I really wanted him to eat it the wrong way and for people to have to be, like, either, like, oh, you eat them so weird or... No, we're supposed to eat them like this, remember? But the yeah. fact that he was just like immediately knew what he was doing, I was like, aw. Have to suspend also, disbelief. Why did why did Jake's mom make so many artichokes? Like there is a lot more than those <laughs> that number of people could eat in the dish. I don't know. She, like, wanted she reached leftovers. in and based on how far she had to go with the tongs, there was like fifteen fucking artichokes. <laughs> And they're not small. They're not small. Like, one artichoke per person is, like, yeah. that's about it. That's yeah. what you're going to get. Yeah. I I also thought it was weird that, like, she pulled them out with the tongs and then just, like, handed them to people to grab <laughs> with their hands. I thought that was so weird as well. I was like, what are you fucking doing? But, like, then I, like, couldn't question it. I was like, listen... I've only ever made artichokes for myself and at the Renaissance Fair. I've ne- I like I I just for me this entire thing was like I just don't know enough about artichokes to really make that judgment call. But like the rules of like family communal dinner shit when you have like a communal dish that you have to like serve yourself out of is you either pick up the dish, put the thing on your plate and pass it or it's in the middle of the table. You pick you pick up your thing with the tongs and put it on your plate, and then you swivel the tongs to the next person so that they can do the same. You don't like pick it up with the tongs, reach awkwardly across the table, and hand it to the person in their human hands. I have also not to get too far off the rails, but I have also been in the scenario where the other person has handed me their plate to eye yeah. and then hand their plate back. Yes, that's also acceptable. <laughs> What? <laughs> that just hands them to <laughs> like if it's something you ha- I don't know like I'm trying to think of a situation where it's acceptable to just Ooh. hand somebody something like I don't like, know maybe like a bread I... roll like you hold up the, the basket of bread and somebody like pulls one out with their hands that's fine but like sure but like an artichoke <laughs> like artichokes are kind of wet I think when you when you yes. pour them out, right? Usually they're like they're they're covered in like butter and garlic if you're yeah. making them good. But these were like these were dry ass artichokes. I guess. 
Like, just looking at... Because they weren't, like, glistening and dripping. This is so fucking weird. These artichokes are so dry as well. So, like, how does she even make these? No wonder Jake had to ask for so much butter because these artichokes are bland as fuck. Oh, no. I just don't know about any of this. Like, I could also see if you're trying to be, like, polite, tonging it out of the thing and then, like, handing it. If you couldn't quite reach, the other person puts their hands out awkwardly to grab it. Like, I could see that. But that still wasn't quite the scenario that was happening. Just the fact that she was reaching over the table, over everything that stood between her and Marco in this moment. Just... She never once said, pardon my boarding house reach, and then spent 20 minutes explaining where the phrase boarding house reach came from. Right. Like, I remember at, like, you know, dinner with my grandparents when I was younger, it would be Thanksgiving. If I had to reach for something, I'd be like, oh, pardon my reach. If I, like, wanted the butter that was, like, two places away from me. Or I would say, pass the butter. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I have beef. I have beef with Jake's mom in this scene. I would just go without. I didn't want to ask, so I dared just eat what was in arm's reach and oh, nothing no. else. Uh. <laughs> I felt too awkward to ask anybody to hand me it. <laughs> oh, no. Ooh. Ah, yes. All I wanted was a large pile of corn, and that was it for dinner. <laughs> just what I asked for. But what if somebody asks you if you want something else? Like, oh, do you want any broccoli? What do you say then? You know, here's the weird thing about my family. Is they almost exclusively ask me about meat. Ew. And, like, I've never said yes, but they would, like, I, it's, it was like we had to fight. Like, I don't, I don't know if your family does this, but I come from a family that has to have a controversy happening at any given time. Oh, So no. if it, yeah, so... If it wasn't about antagonizing one of my brothers, then if there was, like, no conflict happening at the table, what they'd do is they'd say, Alex, would you like some turkey? I'd say, no, thank you. And much like the past decade you've known me, I still don't eat meat. <laughs> and they would say, are you sure? Have you tried this meat? How do you know you don't like it if you don't try uh, it? Oh, come on. Your uh, mother worked hard on this, etc. Fuck et off. Rinse and repeat. Uh. Too much my mom's trouble. favorite <laughs> it's it's yeah my mom's favorite line was always but you haven't tried it like this and this would happen she makes meat the same way in the oven cooked to shit 90 percent of the time <laughs> oh so no. like i have tried it like that i still don't like it oh <laughs> uh. <laughs> Um, but normally then what would happen, this is the, the beauty of, of having two younger brothers. At that point, one of them would like take a knife and start smashing it on their plate to make a ding, ding, ding noise because they thought it was funny or like Liam's favorite thing to do, put it tip down and repeatedly stab the top of the wooden table with it or like fart loudly and then run away from the table. And so like the controversies on my end were never that drawn out. Right. So, Anyways, this is why I don't like to talk to people at the dinner table. If somebody's going to hand me something weird, I'm not questioning it. I'm just glad they're not asking me anything. (laughs) Oh, no. So maybe that's why I was much more comfortable with Jake's mom's weird thing that she did. Because I was like, listen, worse can happen. 
<laughs> oh no. The other thing, I just I feel like she picked up the artichoke and was handing it to Marco as she was saying, "Hey Marco, do you like artichokes?" As if like he has any choice in the matter now that you've handed it to him. <laughs> Like, she's, like, a, a mom forcing him to eat his vegetables. Yeah. Like. See, maybe this is more of their backstory. She's like, I bet Marco's dad, who only lets him buy milk and M&Ms from the store, <laughs> hasn't been giving him vegetables. And so oh. she was like, do you like artichoke? You have to eat it. There's no other option. Yeah. Here's your artichoke. <laughs> there is only one answer, and it's yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, welcome to the artichoke podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we just talk about artichokes. Oh man, uh, there's no lemon in sight, which apparently is another very important thing to have with artichokes. Lemon? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Yeah. yeah apper- apparently, it's important. Like, okay, I'm sure there's more than one artichoke recipe, but I feel like if you're making artichokes, most of the time it's going to be butter, garlic, lemon. Yeah, seasoning. that seems safe. Yeah, maybe some salt and pepper. Yeah. 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 Um. So yeah, Axe magically knows how to eat an artichoke. Everybody stares at him for a while. And then Marco points out that everyone's staring at him in a subtle way. And he kind of looks up. And then he opens his mouth and drops what he's chewing back on his plate. And Tom looks so (laughs) fucking grossed out. And he says, I will never get used to the way that you eat artichokes. So apparently this is a routine thing that Jake does. (laughs) I, okay, I know that like that line it made no sense with, like, the rest of what we know about Jake. Right. But I was suddenly in love with this narrative that, like, Jake, who is normally stoic and funny and quick and controlled, mm-hmm. it just loses his fucking mind when he eats artichokes. <laughs> like, this is the moment in his life where he's, like, in front of his family and he's like, you all just have to live with this, what I'm about to do. And he just like goes <laughs> mental over these artichokes. Oh my God. But like, I was so confused because like Jake's eating, like Jake is eating them the correct way. So I'm like, does Tom not know how to eat artichokes? Like, does his We parents... don't know because Tom never fucking puts his artichoke where his mouth is. We never see Tom trying to eat these artichokes. I was thinking maybe the parents trained him wrong as a joke. Like they, like they taught Jake and like Tom separately how to how to do artichokes, and one of them is doing it wrong, and it's Tom. Like so now Tom's think confused. Of all the effort they'd have to go to. Think about all the effort they'd have to go to to train their two sons separately how to eat artichokes. I like to think that because I was just so lost. This wimplow Tom. We trained him wimplow Tom. <laughs> I also enjoy how <laughs> everyone has various stages of fear and horror as they watch Axe Jake eating these things. And his dad is just kind of like, eh, this seems normal. His dad loves it. His dad's like, <laughs> He's uh, having a great this time. is why I had two sons. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was screaming throughout that entire scene. I was just delightedly confused. I was like, this is great. It's all good. <laughs> This is all good. This is the instruction manual on how to eat an artichoke. Well, the real Jake is not eating an artichoke. He's eating, I think, McDonald's? It's hard to tell. Um, And Cassie is feeding it to him in the barn at night. It's very, very romantic. Ew. Have a french fry, Jake. I almost made a very bad joke, and I want you to know I stopped. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
can I can guess the nature of the joke based on it was sexual. Yeah, yeah, I, I got that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but I, I knew, and you knew that I knew. Thank you. I knew that you knew, but I still had to clarify for you out loud. Gross. But the scene does get kind of romantic. Uh, in a way. In a way. They talk about snakes. In a Fifty Shades of Grey way. <laughs> oh, God. Jake's all tied up. <laughs> Cassie's feeding him. This is all going south. Ooh. Oh, no. Quick, take us out of this. Abort. 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 Get abort. Us out of this. None of this. We haven't even established that Jake and Cassie like each other before this moment. Um. Ah, but it's pretty clear that they do after this moment. Yeah, because Jake's like, do you remember when we first met? Which everybody knows is the immediate precursor to a romantic situation. Lord of the Rings, anybody? Um. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, where are you going with this? And then you just threw out like that scene and like all of a sudden I'm like, wow, like one of the most like properly... And romantic couples there are because, like, you know, Arwen and Aragorn aren't doing anything wrong in Lord of the Rings. It's all very proper and formal and cute and romantic. And I just, it came from this place of we were making a lot of sexual innuendo jokes and then you (laughs) took it to a higher place. And it was just such a cognitive dissonance in the middle there. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, it's perfectly acceptable. I just wanted you to know why that reaction came from me in that moment good (laughs) yeah then they tell a story about how cassie first moved to town and there was a snake that got loose in school and everybody freaked out and cassie caught it like it was nothing and jake's like i knew you were special from that moment on and cassie's all like i saw the way you handled that snake and i knew Ah! i wanted to know you better oh oh no oh no 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 (laughs) So Cassie's blushing and Jake's like, oh, by the way, no big deal. But these ropes are kind of tight. But like, you know, it's fine. No big deal. I understand why it needs to be this way. But like, you know, they are kind of tight. So like maybe no, nah, but you know, it's fine. I'm fine. Don't never mind. I can't feel my hands, but mm, NBD. <laughs> NBDD. BD, no, no. NBDD. BDS. <laughs> N-D-B-D-S-M is what I meant to say. I, I knew where you were going with that one. Thank you. I just <laughs> was spewing letters randomly. I-E-N-T-E-N-D-E-E-N-D-E-N-B-A-N-A-N-A-S. What other things spell? No, 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 no. We're not going down this road. Oh, no. Um... Cassie's like, okay, I'll loosen your ropes. I can take a hint. And she bends down to loosen them, and Jake smiles evilly. Dun, dun, dun. Comfortable break. Uh. Then, okay, so Cassie loosens the rope. In her mind, Jake is like, Cassie, no! I won't let you do this, yerk. And Jake and the yerk start this, like, power struggle against each other. And Cassie looks down, and Jake's hand is twitching. And we cut back to little Jake and he's struggling, but then his hand shoots forward. And then we cut to the controller, Jake grabbing Cassie's wrist. And Cassie's like, Oh my God, Jake fight it. 
and they're still struggling for control. And then Innerjake jerks his hand away, which causes the Yurk to let Cassie go and fold his hand down. And I really, really like how they did this. This is yes. one of those instances where, like, all they needed was some acting and a little bit of clever editing to, like, get yes. the point across. And they did so. it so well. They did! It's going to be so much more infuriating now every episode we watch after this where they don't make these good choices. I know! <laughs> Setting a precedent. <laughs> they, they are! They really are. Like, it's like, now we know what you're capable of. You can't, you can't dangle this carrot in front of us and then take it away. You can't fool me. I know you're better than this. <laughs> uh-huh. So, Yurk's back in power, and he's like, Cassie, these ropes are still a little tight. And she's like, fuck you, don't talk to me. Because you can't pull that <laughs> shit twice. Word uh, for word what she says. Fuck you, yeah. don't talk to me. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh. I, I do like, she, she actually says, like, like don't talk to me, yerk. And that's yeah. the first time we really hear her say that word with such, like, disgust. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that. I was just like, this is Cassie who, like, thinks that not all yerks are bad and who, you know, everybody has some good in them. And this is the first time she was like, okay, you tried this really manipulative trick on me to get me to loosen your bonds and then you tried to hurt me, like, Fuck you. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. She's the one, like, oh, man. She's just so emotionally intelligent. I'm sure she felt completely betrayed. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Nadia did such a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cassie backs away, and the Yurk is like, you're strong, Jake. You remind me of your brother, Tom, whose brain I also controlled for a bit. And he shows Jake an image of Tom, and Tom's all curled up in the fetal position, and he's like, Tom struggled for a week, but eventually gave up. They all give up in the end. Yerks break humans the way humans break horses. Blew. And Jake's like, fuck you. I'm going to smash you with my shoe when this is over. And that's the end of that scene. Do you agree that Yerks break humans the way humans break horses? I do not. I do not agree with that at all. I mean, maybe some humans. Poopy but... humans. Yeah, shitty ones that are bad at things, that are mean and terrible. <laughs> <sighs> yep. But we're going to go to school now. Um, Marco and Axe Jake are leaving a classroom, and then the teacher stops them. And he starts praising how Jake, and he's like, I always knew you were a good student, but you've become like this fucking mega genius, and you calculated the value of pi to the 135th decimal without a calculator. <laughs> and Marco's like, what? Oh, God damn it. And Axe Jake is like, what can I say? And then Marco's like, nothing. Bye. And he takes Jake out of the room. Like, very exasperated. I know that this was very, this was before, like, there was all of the, like, pie celebratory stuff that there is now. But, like, it would be so easy to be like, oh, yeah, I just memorized that song online. Like, the, the pie song, I think it's just, is what it's called. That was like an educational song from that, from, God, probably the 80s or something like that. I don't know. Is it? Is it that old? I Maybe it's not that old. Maybe I'm just making that up. But, like, it seems like there would be a way to explain it. Like, I didn't calculate pi. I memorized pi because it's irrational. Right. 
it, I, 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 it just doesn't seem like it would <laughs> I, I don't know there's like there's probably deal. a more successful thing that Axe Jake could have done to prove that he was now a super mega genius <laughs> yeah it like you know solving like a mathematical equation that was like on a poster board in the room that had a lot of letters in it and they were like wow this is like Einstein's famous theory of this that we put it on the wall as decoration but you know it's something that's above your grade there was there was a lot of there I'm not gonna yeah yeah there they could there's some I feel like there's some like fucking giant math problem currently that people are trying to solve so maybe he could have done that yeah, uh. for sure. I feel like that's isn't that used as a shorthand in a lot of like mathematical college genius movies is like the teacher writes one on the board that the yeah. teacher is trying to solve and then the student yeah. comes in and solves it and the teacher's like, I've been working on that for five years. Yeah, fucking whatever that movie is with Matt Damon. I think what it movie is that? there's so many movies where it could have yeah. happened, honestly. Where he's just a lowly janitor boy, but he's like super fucking genius. Mm-hmm. Or so you're a lowly janitor boy, you're a woman, you're a person oh, yeah. of color, and you Oh, yeah! Hidden figures! Hidden figures. That's the one I was originally thinking of, was hidden figures. Yeah! I feel like there's one with a woman as well. Isn't Doesn't that also happen in, uh, like, Imitation Game 2 with uh, Bendy Toots Cumberland? Oh, yeah, 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 Because, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Bendy Toots yeah. Cumberland. <laughs> yeah, you know. Badgerlock Cucumber. Timberland. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, you know. I don't know. Oh, okay. This scene. So, uh, Controller Drake, strapped to the chair. He looks, he looks like shit, basically. Um, Tobias is watching him from the rafters. Like a hawk. Like a hawk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. Um, the controller's like, so bird boy, what's it like being a bird boy? You like being a filthy scavenger? And Tobias is like, well, actually, I'm a predator, not a scavenger. Um, and then reminds him he only has a few hours to go before he dies. Um, and the York starts, like, negging him. He's like, oh, it must suck to be in flesh. It's not your own. Tobias is like, it's fine. And the York doubles down and says, like, you're nothing but a pet to Rachel. A pet that sits on her arm. And oh, Tobias says you. nothing. I know it's so harsh. Fuck. Th- yeah. Fuck. That. Oh, it's so harsh. And like Rachel comes in. She's like, hey, guys, what's up? And Tobias just leaves. He just flies out of there and says nothing. And it's like, you motherfucker. Precisely. But like that was such a that was such a scene where it's like, I totally believe that's what Tobias would have done absolutely that that's a total tobias move like doesn't even say anything just as like i'm out like fuck this yeah i have to leave i'm yeah like you can't say anything to me that's worse than what i'm already thinking about myself so goodbye oh i'm so sad he is so sad and then especially when rachel shows up because especially early on he had that whole thing like i can't look weak in front of rachel so like he would be like yeah yeah this is not my situation. I'm leaving. Well, and then Rachel comes in and, like, sees Tobias go. And then she, like, looks at at Jake. And he just, like, mm-hmm. smiles evilly at her. And it's and she's just like, what the fuck did you say to him? 
Because she fucking knows right away, you said some shit to Tobias. That's why he did yeah. it. See, oh, this is such a fucking Animorphs movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> finally. Finally, uh, we're getting it. Yeah. This is like the closest to what I pictured from the books that we've ever gotten with this show. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> God. Um. But yeah, little Jake is like, what the fuck, Yerk? You should have been dead by now. And the Yerk's like, well, guess what? I just found your morphing power, so I'm going to turn into a tiger, bitch. <laughs> and then we cut to nighttime. And Rachel is nodding off against the wall. And uh, Jake's staring at her, and he's like, long three days, huh, Rachel? And she's like, they'll be over soon enough. And Controller Jake fakes a yawn to try to get her to fall asleep. And eventually she does quote-unquote not off and controller jake is like oh yeah it's time baby and he morphs into homer and gets loose from the ropes and runs into the woods yep um in the woods he morphs back into human behind some bushes runs for a bit and then he sees a bunch of people going into some abandoned shack and then he's about to join them and then a lion appears and then a horse appears and then a wolf appears and then Sean Ashmore's twin brother, Aaron, appears. <laughs> so when Scott and I were watching this, I like, I don't know what happened to me, but as soon as the lion came out, I'm like, it's a lion. And then Cassie came out and I was like, and a horse. And then, of course, Marco came out. I'm like, and a wolf. And then fucking Sean Ashmore came out. I'm like, and Jake. <laughs> and like, Scott was like, what the fuck? God, I like. I had read in the in the Meet the Cast of the Animorphs book that that Aaron shows up like occasionally in the show. Yeah, but like, like he fucking shows up, and I was like, there he is, right? Because he kind of looks like Jake, but also not. Yeah, he looks a little like there's something a little skewed, a little different. Yeah. But I was delighted. I was like, he's here. Mm-hmm. Sean Apple's twin brother. But like, so the way that they shot this scene was just like rapid fire, like this morph, then this morph, then this morph. And then like Axe appearing as Jake is such a fucking like horror movie power move. And I fucking loved it. He's like, hello, Jake. Yes. <laughs> Oh, man, just, like, the tension in this scene just, like, ramped up, and I loved it. Yeah, I loved it as well. And, like, all the animal shots were just, like, really quick, but, like, just really high quality. Like, every single one of them. Yeah. (laughs) Loved it. It Fucking loved it. Yeah. So, yeah, he's surrounded, and there's a really cool rapid-fire roundtable of each kid that morphs back into human and then, like, says something mm-hmm. to him. So Cassie is like, we never left you, Jake. Marco's like, we've always been here. Rachel says, I only pretended to sleep. Tobias says, we let the Yerk lead us here. And then Axe says, and now we know the another entrance to the Yerk pool. Fucking loved that. Yep. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, it was <sighs> amazing. That was really just quality right there. Like, that's how you do it, man. That's how you do that it. Is, uh, that is how you do it. And, like, they've had so much trouble in this show when every character has a line, like, appropriately making it work. And that was just, like, beautifully done, simple, 
got in, got it done, worked really well. Like, it, this mm-hmm. is just the first time it's just really worked out for them. Yeah. And I just love how, like, each kid's line added to the previous line. And, like, yeah, they all just got, like, one coherent thought out. It's like, we did yeah, this, we did this, we like... did this, we got here. Right, and it was so much to their character. Like, Cassie and Marco being, like, you know, Cassie's, like, I like you, and, like, here's a really heartfelt thing, and Marco's, like, we're buddies. And then, like, Tobias and Rachel are, like, here's the plan, here's how we outsmarted mm-hmm. you. And then Axes and not only do we outsmart you, we have to jump on you now. And, like, yeah. it was just so good. It was so good. I loved this. Ugh, I fucking love it so much. <laughs> I love this episode. This episode is so good. It is. <sighs> okay. We got, we're not far from the end. We can't talk right. about how much we just love it in general until we finish it. Okay. So Jake... Controller Jake realizes he's fucked, and then the uh, the purging of the Yerk starts. So he clutches his head and sinks to the ground. Everybody starts, like, yelling at him and shouting words of encouragement. Um, and he struggles for a minute, and finally the slug falls out of his ear, and he's got, like, blood dripping down his arm, and it's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. They help him stand up. Marco says, look, and points to the Yerk. They stare at it for a moment, and then Jake smushes it with his shoe, just like he said he would. Mm-hmm. Marco's like it's over and they take him away to the yeah. internet cafe <laughs> where all good things end <laughs> uh, yep and Jake gets a nice plastic cup of apple juice I only assume it's apple juice <laughs> must be it's in a plastic cup so <laughs> it is it's adorable um, Cassie walks up to him and Jake's like, that was awesome. That was super fun. And she's like, yeah, that sucks. And Jake's <laughs> like, I guess I know what it's like now. Um, but all my friends were there and you gave me hope. And he kind of elbows her gently, which is so flirtatious. And Cassie's like, yeah, well, we also tied you to a chair. And they both kind of laugh. And then sappy piano music starts playing. And they're both doing the whole, like, blush and look away smiling to themselves thing. And I was dying because it's so fucking cute. I love that shit. Ugh. Um, and then Jake's like, Cassie, about what I said at the barn. And she's like, you didn't say anything. It was the yurt talking. And he's like, yeah, I guess. And they're mushy some more. And I was fucking living my best life because this is like the first like really, I think, flirtatious uh, Cassie Jake episode that we've had so far. Like there's been a little bit in the past, but like this was like. But this this was over. This is real good. It is. Oh. <laughs> they both did such a good job. Um, they did. And then Marco runs up to ruin the moment. <laughs> yeah. As he is wont to do. Yeah. Um, but he says they are ready for Jake and they leave and go to the back of the area and Axe is doing something clever with a computer and a cell phone. He is uh, voice modulating it and scrambling the signal and he hands Jake the phone, says the signal is set. You can talk now. Jake dials a number and we cut to Tom answering the phone. Jake's voice has been altered and he says, Tom, don't give up. Like, we're going to be fighting with you and... Blah, blah, blah. All that shit. And Tom's like, who is this? And Jake says, you're not alone. And then hangs up. Oh my god, okay. And then Tom pushes down the antenna on the receiver. 
and his hand starts shaking and he holds it up to his mm. face and then he clenches his fist and he gains control again and then leaves the room. Love that. I, this is like one of my favorite moments from the TV show, like overall. Oh my God. I fucking love that. I love the phone call. I love like, that's, th- this is just like, that's one of the things they took from the book for me. That's like, yeah. Animorphs. It was just yeah. so good. It was. And like, I feel like in, in previous episodes that weren't well-written, they might've done the hand thing and it wouldn't have made sense. But the fact that they did that whole scene with Jake fighting for control with his Yerk, like ties it in so beautifully. Yeah. They did. <sighs> they really did. And also like one of the things I loved about when Tom's uh when Tom was fighting the Yerk was like the Yerk didn't even notice until like he had pushed the antenna in and it was just because it was in his line of sight that he noticed his hand was trembling. So yeah. it was almost this way of like you don't even know how much power Tom like it really felt like Tom can fight, not like this is a hopeless thing. It's like, okay, there's actually a force that can argue and fight with you. And it was just so hopeful and so wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. It was so good. It was so good. It was so, so Oh, and then right after that, like when Jake's walking away from the phone and we get the kind of various reactions from everybody where like, that also was like a super in character moment for me where like Rachel kind of like she's being encouraging because like she knows him. She knows Tom. Boris like Marco doesn't really know. He's like, yeah, but I'm here for you. But like doesn't really know how to act like they just all have these like split seconds of reaction that are beautiful. I uh, <laughs> Honestly, I didn't really notice that because I was so focused on the fact that Axe had this like pile of cut computer cords that he just stuck oh like on the monitor yes. and left. <laughs> I was like, you naughty boy. You can't just destroy a computer and then leave. <laughs> I was I dying. Love it. <laughs> he, like, I loved up, it. He like puts the cell phone nicely in his front pocket. And he picks up all his tools and he just like shoves the cords behind the <laughs> monitor. I was like, what are you doing? He was like, I've made a mess of these. Goodbye. <laughs> this computer is beyond repair. Let them deal with it. Oh my god. What a bad boy. I love it. He's a little hooligan. He's a little He's a little delinquent. He He just ruined the symmetry of the internet cafe. (laughs) He's ruined the internet of the internet cafe. (laughs) Why aren't the computers working? Oh my uh, god. All these wires are in a ball behind it and also cut. <laughs> that could be the problem. <laughs> oh no. Oh. A naughty boy. So good. Uh. So, so good. Oh, okay. And here's the, the cheesy thing that I love. So like um the the kids are walking away and, and everyone's like being supportive of Jake and everything, and Axe is monologuing about he knows why his brother gave away the morphing power because humans have hope and will never give up. And they might actually win this war. And he saw in Jake's eyes, not defeat, but the key taste of victory or some shit like that. And then there's like Mm -hmm. this globe that's hovering above some computer monitors. And as he's saying, like, they might win this this war for for Earth. Like the camera's like zooming in on the literal Earth, which I loved. 
Yeah. And the cheesy part came is that, like, as we're looking at this globe, we see, like, a freeze frame of Axe and Marco superimposed over it. Which is kind of like, yeah, I didn't freeze frame. But yeah. I did love that, like, he's talking about saving Earth, and it's literally, like, zooming in on a globe. Yeah. So, yeah. It was a little cheesy, but I also really liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. It was fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get it. Uh, like, I got that they were saving Earth, but then I didn't really get the freeze frame part. It, no. it didn't matter. It was also, like, only Marco and Axe. So I was like, is Marco and Axe Yeah, canon? that's... Yeah, that's the... <laughs> the Marco and Axe ship we're on the crew. <laughs> oh anyway. man that was the episode i it was such a good episode like it was just so so anamorphsy yeah <laughs> and I like i said know before... what else to say because Ooh, what were you gonna say oh i was just gonna reiterate what i said before that like it not only was really close to the book but it also mm-hmm. like took things that we didn't get in the book and added to the universe with the whole like Let's actually watch what Axe did at Jake's dinner table. Like, I just. Yeah, it's like, it's one thing to be loyal to the books and all its themes, but it's another to, like, add to it, which is Mm -hmm. really, like, what I want. Like, you gave me this extra bonus gift, and I love you for it. Yeah, and that's (sighs) not really something that the show has. Like, I wouldn't have thought the show capable of that before this episode. Yeah. It's, like, take the source material and then just, like, water it down so much and strip it of every meaningful thing. Exactly. This is, like, the first time that it's been, like, oh, we're we're actually going to build on this. Yeah, we're going to give back a little bit. Ugh. It's just... Right. Ugh. Yeah, that was... Oh, man. It was so good. And it gave me hope. It was. Much like Cassie gave Jake hope, this episode gave me hope. Much like the end of book one. Hope. Hope. And until then, we fight. Yep. <laughs> I, like, I really don't even... I I would do nothing but sit here and reiterate how much I love this episode. I don't even have yeah. anything to add. It was just yeah. such a great episode. It was. All right. Oh, Shall we gush over our favorite actors and characters? Yeah, yeah, I because I'm sure we'll each have something to call out about what they did. So let's talk about <laughs> Sean Jake. Holy shit! Like holy fucking shit! Holy I fucking just, shit! So he just really just killed it on all fronts. He like did. He played all five characters he had to play wonderfully. <laughs> yeah. And he makes the best faces. Like, every time he pulled that evil Yerk face, I was like, ah, stop it. Mm -hmm. And I think he especially did a good job playing Axe because there was never a moment. I mean, there was a moment where I was, like, taken out of it a little bit to be like, oh, Sean's doing such a good job. But, like, I immediately believed that that was Axe. Like, that was was kind of the most, like, locked into the narrative of an episode that I've... Like, I'm trying to view these... In, like, a meta sort of way, like, thinking about how, how they did the production and, like, what the actors were doing. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's the most I've ever been, like, really sucked into what I was watching, I think. Absolutely. Like, I I am watching it all kind of just as, like, a viewer that is delighted by the series. I'm not yeah. trying to get super into the production of it, even though we do. But, uh, yeah, that was, like, when 
when he was walking across that bridge, the first time we see yeah. Jake playing Axe, it was or Axe playing Jake. It was just like, oh, it was so good. Like, I legitimately was like, oh god, are we gonna have to suffer through this really cheesy like where Axe is you know Apollo's dubbing over all of Jake's lines and well, you know you oh, always yeah. catch when the mouth doesn't match up. Yeah, but no, it was just this perfect fucking impression. It was, yeah. If they had d- done a dubbing thing, it would have fallen apart for me, I think. But the fact that. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It had to be. I got so like scared because I thought that's what they did, but it wasn't. <laughs> God. <sighs> Just so wonderful. Good. Just so good. Just so good. Man. Oh. <laughs> I love oh. it. I love that Axe, like, didn't even, like, he was supposed to pretend to be Jake, but really he was just, like, pretending to be a functional human. Like, he wasn't trying to go that extra mile to be like, oh, what would Jake say in this situation? (laughs) He was really just like, I'm going to do whatever Marco tells me, the end. (laughs) That's right. Oh, my God. And he thinks he's so good at being human. Like, Mm -hmm. he just thinks he's doing such a good job. And he is. He's doing a great job. But like he's doing wonderful. He's also just kind of like the bare, doing the bare minimum, and I love that. <laughs> Much like his entire school career, where he was constantly distracted by other things, <laughs> he's just <laughs> passing. <laughs> what a good boy. Uh, okay, okay. Let's talk about Boris. No, wait. Who's who? Do we talk about second usually? Rachel. Let's oh, talk Rachel. about Rachel. Rachel. Rachel slash Brooke. Rachel. Um, I would really like to commend her, especially for when she was falling asleep in the barn. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I thought she did a really good job. Like, you know, I think that's one of those situations where it could have easily been, like, kind of cheesy. But... Absolutely. But she did a really good job and and convincingly, like, nodded off in, like, ten, a span of ten seconds. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Props there. Yeah. I honestly, this whole episode, I thought she was great. Like, every line she brought that, like, real, like, it, it was, like, remember in episode one when she first showed up and we're all, we were both, like, man, Brooke's, like, really intense. Like, that's a great Rachel. Like, she's just uh-huh. always so forward. And, like, I feel like throughout the series, she kind of lost some of that steam. And, like, this episode, she yeah. just brought it right back. Like, everything was really intense. Like, even when she's contradicting herself from 30 seconds earlier, she's so <laughs> confident whatever she's saying. And I loved it. Like, I just fucking loved her. And there was, there's not even, like, a standout scene where I'm like, oh, she was way better in this moment than any other yeah. moment. Like, she was just solid throughout, and I loved it. Another thing I just thought about is the first scene where they're walking across the bridge talking about all the Yerks that they just murdered. Um, mm-hmm. I like that, you know, Cassie and Marco were like, yeah, we did it. Like, that was awesome. And then Rachel was immediately like, okay, but we still have, like, a lot more to do. Like, we're still in this uh-huh. war. And, like, that just felt so Rachel to me. Yes. Absolutely. And the fact that she didn't say it, like... Like, Marco could have also said that line, but it would have been like, hey, man, like, there's a lot more to go. And, like, it yeah. would have been serious and somber. And she was just like, there's a thousand more for us to kill, guys. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it yeah. was just so, it was so good. Yeah. Oh, I loved oh. it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Oh, Jim oh. picked up Tobias. 
Oh, Tobias, the hardest one and yet so good. Oh, she was just like, hello, bird boyfriend. Because like, yeah, I only say hardest because he was in this like probably the least amount. Yeah. But he was still great in every scene that he was in. He was. And I like seeing him like interact with Axe because I feel like that's been a little Mm -hmm. bit rare until now. And it's like they're supposed to be Shorms. Right, and they're living together. So, like, these these are the yeah. two that know each other the best. Like, why aren't we getting more of that? Yeah. And oh, I love that that Axe considered and maybe attempted to eat raw mouse. <laughs> A dead mouse. <laughs> and I like how Tobias seemed like he was trying to be like, hey, don't eat that. It's bad for you and it's not human food. But also like, hey, that's mine. Like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I need this. I absolutely got the hey, that's my that's my dinner. <laughs> God. Oh fuck. That's an interaction that I really feel like we're missing in the books is yeah. Tobias having like to be very defensive about his food. <laughs> oh and, okay. Oh, and when Controller Jake was like oh, what's it like being, like, a filthy scavenger? And the fact that Tobias was like, I'm not a scavenger, I'm a predator. But that just made me think of all the times he's had to eat roadkill or or he's had to eat, like, hamburger that Jake left for him or, or that Rachel had to bring a McDonald's. And it's just like, I'm sure he, like, yeah. is, he, he knows he's a predator, but also he probably feels like he's a scavenger. And, like, Jake, the controller, or the, the you're controlling Jake, probably knows about, like, the times he's had to scavenge. And so he's using that uh-huh. as a dig. Yeah, it's I got that impression, but it also made me think of like, this is exactly when Tobias is wrestling so hard with the the dichotomy of himself. And so he was Mm -hmm. probably like in that moment, like, but also I'm the hawk. I'm the big bad predator. I'm in charge. And like, you know, and then he's totally feeding off the kid being like, I'm the loser that got swirlied in the toilet. Oh. Oh, it was just it like just that line, the way it was delivered. It was like it, it was so perfectly Tobias. That was so good. Ugh. Good job, Christopher, 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 Christopher. <laughs> we didn't get one in this episode. Till <laughs> OK, Cassie, Nadia. Oh, so like the first time that Jake did the whole like, oh, these ropes are a little tight. Can you loosen them for me? Like, I kind of I was like, I'm not sure if Cassie would have fallen for that in the books, Mm -hmm. but I kind of liked it in the show because because like he immediately went from like, oh, let's remember this like fond memory and give you like a compliment and then try this shit. So he like buttered Mm -hmm. her up a little bit and that she you know, caught on eventually and was like, fuck you, man. Like, oh man, I I really liked how that went down. Cause like, I feel like they wouldn't have gotten to really like play in that space if she had been like, nice try. Like, I'm not going to loosen your ropes. And Mm -hmm. then we wouldn't have gotten that really good scene of Jake fighting for control with the Yerk. So. Yeah. (sighs) Sure. Yeah. And I liked... I really, really, really liked that she was the one that always brought the suspicion back to Jake because, mm-hmm. like, that screams Cassie to me. And it wasn't, they didn't ever do it in a way that, like, was super, it wasn't, like, in the same, 
I think, tone as the books where it's like she's so emotionally intelligent that if any one of the kids were slightly off, she would know. Yeah. It was more like she was just like, she'd be like, yeah, yeah, okay, like, yeah, he's probably fine. This is Jake. This is normal. And then she's like, but would Jake really say that? And I like that she just questioned it and added the doubt to it. And like, it yeah. wasn't as self-assured as book Cassie, but I still really appreciated it. Yeah. <sighs> she was so good. So good. And the flirting was really oh, cute. It was really cute. <laughs> They had a really good oh. job of being like awkward teens together. Oh, they're so awkward teens. <laughs> I know. Uh. Okay. Boris <laughs> slash Marco. Oh my god. It's so good. So good. <laughs> I just I really love how they're playing up the like Marco being like this pseudo parent and looking out for Axe sort of thing, like because that's like one of my favorite dynamics from the books. Yeah, <sighs> and I I'm glad it's throughout. Like I I love it so fucking much. I love mm-hmm. it probably more than the books and the TV show. Yeah, and I like I, I'm kind of hoping that in more episodes of the show we'll get back into like Marco as being like the forefront and not being mm-hmm. necessarily like the disgruntled dad or like the the comedic character. Like I'm really looking forward to the episode where he finds out his mom's alive. Um oh, yes. But I just he's just doing such a good job. He is he's <laughs> like solidly. I, I mean they all put in super solid performances every episode, but like he is just he seems to be the one that has the the most lines consistently across every episode like he is so rarely left out of a scene or out of an episode and like he just he just is solid every fucking time he's just so good yep friend of the show boris cabrera i love him so much (laughs) i love you so much (laughs) (laughs) all right Without further ado, let's talk about your favorite boy, Paulo Slash Yay! <laughs> oh, God, it was so weird because Axe was in this episode, but it was Sean playing Axe. So. And yet it, like, Paulo was there, though. Like, he was there. And, like, we, he got to play a little more serious this episode. Because, mm-hmm. like, all the scenes he was in, he was, like, being kind of, like, threatening or menacing or angry or whatever which is great because like he can do that shit for sure um Mm -hmm. but like oh man i just i he's such a delight he's such a delight i so like when he after he attacked jake and he was like can't you all see what he is and he made that like weird little noise that he made Mm -hmm. i really like that he does stuff like that because that's not like the first weird like noise or face thing that he's made like i like that he can kind of be like oh i don't have to be like a pretty actor sort of character like i don't have to be like Mm -hmm. like a good looking face in this moment like i am an alien posing as a human and i'm gonna do weird shit occasionally so i really like those little choices that he makes if that makes sense. I think, yes. And I think one of my favorite choices that he makes in the series is when he's excited 
he never plays it as like this is like a classic like what you would see on like a feelings cue card of excited he almost always approaches it in a way where you're not sure when he starts with whatever he's doing if it's disgust and then it evolves into delight and like (laughs) one of my favorite things that he does is not just the facial expression but the noise that he makes where he does he like yeah. He pitches his voice like a, a kid going through puberty when he does that, like, like <laughs> And it's just, it's just so, like, weirdly awkward that it reads as, like, wow, that's a really alien thing to do. <laughs> yeah. He just, he really uses his whole body when he acts. He uses mm-hmm. his voice, his face, like, like, his posture, just everything. Like, I almost wonder if... Jake didn't like Sean didn't call up Paulo or like talk to Paulo and say like okay here's the scene where I'm playing you playing me like how would you act this scene and then uh-huh. Sean just like took notes and like he and Paulo like went through it like oh like I think Axe would do this because this is how he'd react to this or this is how he'd say this and like yeah I, like I wonder if they did that and like worked together to create that yeah and I'd like I, to think they did <laughs> I'd like to think they did and I like to think that not to like Listen, we've we've seen like the lack of direction for like some of the extras before, but I like to think that they really <laughs> took the initiative for that and the yes. director was just like, "Okay, you guys go figure it out and I'm sure whatever you yeah. come up with will be fine." And like they really just like spearheaded that whole thing. I that's exactly how I imagined it in my head. Yeah. Like, ugh. And I I love them for I'm giving them full credit. Fuck if, if a director came up with this, you can at me. I'm you giving them full credit. <laughs> this is what I choose to believe. This is what I choose to believe. And if you worked on the show and you have a different story, you can fucking at me. You know what? This has been a great transition. I'm not going to slow my roll. If you're a director, <laughs> I, I will come back to you, Casey, and ask if you have anything else to say after this. But if you're a director and you're listening to this podcast and you say... Everything you guys just said was fan theory bullshit, and I have a different story. You email that shit to me at anonymousanimors at gmail.com. You fucking Instagram that shit to me at Animorphs Anonymous. You tweet that at me at Animorphs Anon. You fucking go on our Facebook, which is Animorphs Anonymous. Join our super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Andalite Bandalites, which is facebook.com slash group slash Animorphs Anonymous, and you fucking tell me the correct story. Because until that moment, I choose not to believe you because you have not given us a single reason to think it was you. And if you feel the need to defend yourself, come at me. I'm obviously full of rage. I'm ready to fucking fight you. And I just told you how to reach me in like eight different channels. So come at me. Amazing. (laughs) So much rage. I love it. So much rage. (laughs) All of the rage. Damn, I would have run out of breath and died. I do... I have never run out of breath when it raged before. Um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we did the actual outro, even though we're kind of half there? The only thing I want to add is that if you also want to add us on a Discord server, you can do that. We have one. Uh, it's a lot of fun. If you even just want to like come and agree with us or talk to other Animorphs fans, that is also welcome. Um, you can get the link to the Discord if you add us on any of our socials and we'll send mm-hmm. that to you. Yes. <laughs> That's all. Please, please join us there. All right. If we're done talking about this show, I would love to talk about some other visual medias that I could really sink my teeth into. Okay. Well, for instance, if you really liked that <laughs> scene where Cassie and Jake were really like 
flirty and mushy and like smiling and giggling and being all cute. Um, I have a webcomic that's like basically all of that plus some music um, and it's called B-Side You. You can go read that at B-S-I-D-E-Y-O-U-Comic.com or if you want early pages, if you want to see all the cute shit like before anyone else, you can subscribe to my Patreon and that is patreon.com slash KCD Studios. Yay. And it's great and I highly suggest that you become a patron and also just read the comic, please. Yes! It's cute! It's gonna be so it's fucking cute. Fucking, it's fucking adorable. Because I love romance um, shit. <laughs> I just love it! I love love! I love love. <laughs> um, if you like comics, but you're like, I need something that's just slightly more problematic to really sink my teeth into. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go recommend. read some problematic stuff. <laughs> I just really want to go read some problematic shit. Good news. Let's talk Superboy. And let's talk Superboy for a long time with two other people named David and Drew. If you want to do that, that's from Cadmus to Crisis, a Superboy podcast, which is another podcast that I'm now on. And I don't know how I got there. I don't know shit about Superboy. I'm just there to talk about... I don't know, stuff, voice the women characters, voice the triumvirate characters, the women. some of the dude characters. I don't know. It's a free-for-all. And uh, just talk shit in general. So, yeah, come hit us up. Cabinets Crisis. Only yeah, the women. It's a good time. Only the women. I mean, mostly I do voice women. That's really... <laughs> it's It's easier to work it out that way because as i said there's a lot more dudes than women it's it's semi-problematic but um (laughs) i do voices for occasionally some of the men characters and you know what some of the characters that are women david and drew do the voices for and i don't (laughs) good equal opportunities all around yeah exactly i i kind of like you know i do the kind of character of the week voices because the other ones are established, and those ones aren't, and so I fall into that role easily. <laughs> hey, behind the scenes. There you go. That's behind the scenes of Superboy. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, man. Uh, We've made it through season one of Animorphs, the 90s holy. TV show. Holy shit, we're like halfway done. I know. Are you ready for season two? I guess. If there are more episodes like this, I'm super ready. But I am assuming it's going to be a grab bag of despair. As it has been. I mean, probably. But honestly, the best episode of the whole series is in season two. So. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for it as well. I can't wait. I want it. I want it in my eyeballs. Me too. Well... I guess. Shall we? I guess let's fucking run into the woods and maybe get surrounded by our friends who are animals and our scary twin brothers. I'll definitely join you because I was only just pretending to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs)